13th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Finesse. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Last night was the first time in a couple years I was able to sit down and actually watch the whole draft. I always pay attention to it because it's my job, right? Even if I catch up in the morning or I got to catch up by reading about it or listening to podcasts, like the last couple of years I haven't been able to watch. Last year I was at a concert, which I got tickets for like months in advance. It was like it was planned. It just happened to fall that way. And then two years ago, I was moving. I had to move from my apartment to a house. A million different things were going on. Aaron Rodgers was maybe almost going to get traded. It's like, okay, Eric Stokes is the guy. Not exactly a thrilling draft. Last night, went home, sat in my recliner, and watched through the 20th pick. I didn't watch the whole first round. What do you think I am, a degenerate? No, I I watched until the Packers picked, and then a little bit more, and then the Vikings picked. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to play some video games and, and go to bed. I didn't miss anything too crazy at the end of the first round. It's very interesting watching the first round almost in its entirety and reading the tweets and seeing what people were saying. People just kind of live in their own little worlds during the draft. Some people believe that the Packers are incredible at drafting and they never make mistakes. Some people believe that the Packers are the worst and they never draft any good players. We just live in our own extreme land with how we feel about the Packers and the drafts, it seems, which is very interesting to observe. Maybe that's a, a little bit of a microcosm for how we see life differently. We talked about the meaning of life on the show the other day. That might have been yesterday or was that two days ago? I can't remember. But either way, very interesting to see how people perceive the draft and, and people's expectations coming in. It's like some people want to be upset about the draft and they're geared up to be upset coming in. Some people are going to be sunshine and rainbows no matter the pick and they have that mindset coming in. It's very interesting to observe last night because the last couple of years I... Haven't really been able to watch all that closely. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Never miss a Friday show. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And I tweet that out every Friday at 4 o'clock at Wisco Grant. Appreciate all of you hanging out. And I hope your weekend is off to an excellent start. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of back and forth about the Packers' first-round selection. Lucas Van Ness, the green room scene was fascinating. Everyone's like, is that his sister? Nope, that's his sister. No, that's his girlfriend, but why is his dad touching her? It was a very bizarre scene, which if you've been following the Van Nesses and Lucas Van Ness closely, uh, we did some deep dives into his social medias. There were questions. There were a lot of, there were some pictures of him and his sisters posing very closely together. It's like, what is this? This family, this family seems a little bit too close. And then a lot of tweets about is that his sister? Is that his girlfriend? Why are the sisters all over? It was a very bizarre scene. It was very bizarre last night. Uh, and I guess if you want to BS about that, we can. I'm thinking mostly we can talk about how he fits on the, the Packers defensive line and whether or not he can rush the passer and have the Packers finally got Kenny Clark a, a running mate and what does this mean for Rashawn Gary and when is he going to be back and a million different angles. And we could talk about the players that the Packers didn't pick because that's a big part of the draft too, Right. We can talk about them selecting Lucas Van Ness, but that means they didn't take a tackle. They didn't take a wide receiver. They didn't take a tight end. Uh, And the opportunity cost 
is a big part of the draft as well. The draft is a marketplace. It's a marketplace like a stock exchange or like a grocery store. You have limited resources. Everyone's trying to accomplish the same thing and placing different values and, and different measurements on, on different assets. It's very interesting. So there's lots of angles uh, from which we can hit this tonight. And I'm very excited. Rob Reichel's going to join us at 4.30. Rob! Rockin' Rob. It's been a couple of months, which is, I always like say that we've collectively we've done a bad job not getting Rob back on, but I'm the one who's in charge of that. So I texted Rob earlier this week. It's like Friday. We talk about Rogers leaving Goody's press conferences this week, what you've seen, what you've heard. And then of course we'll talk about Lucas Van Ness with Rob who I don't know if he loved the Van Ness pick just reading his words today at Forbes.com. So we're going to talk with rock and Rob at four 30, 608-796-2558. If you want to share your thoughts, on the Packers' first-round selection last night. Send me a text or give me a call. I'd love to chat. Now, I'm not one to do mock drafts. I never have been. I just don't watch enough college football. And then when we get into draft season, which is some folks' favorite season, some people's favorite sport is the NFL draft. They like mock drafting. They like evaluating players. They like trying to guess where certain players are going to be selected. They like it more than college football. They like it more than the NFL. The draft is a sport in and of itself to some folks. That's not me at all, because I don't watch enough college football. And then when we get to draft season, the NBA playoffs are ramping up and the Brewers are getting started. And I just, I care more about those things than I care about, you know, looking at it 40 times and, and doing mock drafts. So I'm not exactly Mel Kuyper Jr. here, but I'm the next best thing. Uh, I am someone who's listened to Ben Kenny for the last two weeks because <laughs> I've been filling in on uh, the Bill Michaels show with Ben. And he's been saying, I want Lucas Van Ness. I want Lucas Van Ness. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like this guy, I like that guy. So I've just been absorbing over the airwaves while I've been hosting with Ben. And I feel a lot today like John Hamm in that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm when John Hamm literally just follows Larry around for an episode. And by the end of the episode has turned into Larry David. I saved some audio. If you don't watch Curb, I would highly recommend this episode. I think it's one of the best, especially in the later seasons. Here's how the episode starts. I'm going to play you a 25-second clip. This is John Hamm just walking into a disagreement, an argument that Larry David is having with his ex-wife uh, and her friend because Larry David slept with his ex-wife's sister. So here's the here's the interaction. You have to have sex with Cheryl's sister? What? Oh, <laughs> hey, Johnny. Uh, yeah, the door was a jar. What are you doing in my house? What is John Hamm doing in my house? He's, Hold on. He's, um, yeah, I should get this down. He's starring in a movie, and he's kind of, you know, shadowing me. He's ba- the character's based on me. So the character is a disgusting pervert? That's good. <laughs> it's actually not funny, John Hamm. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm not here. Uh, act like I'm not here. I'm just a fly on the wall. So that's like the first scene or so of the episode, and then as the episode goes along, John Hamm's been following around Larry David, writing all these things down, and then you have the scene in a restaurant where they're eating with Richard Lewis and John Hamm has now become Larry Damon. I also, can I say, we ordered this kind of for the table and I feel like you've gone way over your appetizer allotment at this point. You... My allotment? Well, there's three of us. We each get a third. Who makes up that f***ing rule? It's, it's an unwritten rule. Oh, my God. There's two Larry Davids. Holy Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So I am John Hamm in this instance. I've been listening to Ben Kenny wax poetic about Lucas Van Ness and Iowa football for the last 14 days. And I feel like I've come around pretty, pretty good. Things of that nature, as Ben would say. Going into last night, I wanted one of three things to happen for the Packers. I wanted a stud tackle. Paris Johnson Jr. or Darnell Wright would have taken that. 
I like Lucas Van Ness, and I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those are my three guys. If we could get one of those stud tackles, Lucas Van Ness or Jackson Smith and Jigba would have been happy with any. Pretty good spot to be in going into a draft. You have a lot of good options. Happy with any of them. The Cardinals took Paris Johnson Jr. at six. The Bears took Darnell Wright at 10. And the Lions, who had a shot to either take Smith and Jigba or Lucas Van Ness, they took Jameer Gibbs at 12, a running back, which was a little bit of a curveball. And maybe we'll talk about the Lions and and what they did in their draft. It was certainly uh, unexpected, right? So that left the Packers in a good spot. They had their pick. Lucas Van Ness, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and they go with Van Ness, who's an edge rusher, defensive lineman out of Iowa. I think most Packers fans wanted the wide receiver. And I'll admit, it would have been fun. Like, if I have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, the angel was saying in one ear, Grant, Sean Gary's hurt. They lost Dean Lowry. Lost John Reed. This defensive line's not good. They haven't stopped the run in a decade. You need horses. You went in the trenches. You need maulers up there. You, you win on the line of scrimmage. That's what the angel's saying in my ear. But then the other corner is the devil. And he's like, Grant, how fun would it be if we took a wide receiver, though? How fun would that be? It would also be pretty funny the first year that Rodgers leaves. And then you could have Watson and Dobbs and Smith and Jigba. Now, to be fair, both picks would be fine. I would, I would have been okay. With, it's not like there was a right or a wrong. But the, the fun side in me is like, come on, though. Let's take the wide receiver. And we get, of course, the defensive player because why would the Packers take a wide receiver in the first round? And I think a lot of Packers fans were frustrated. They wanted the wide out because the guy, the golden boy, the number one wide receiver in the draft fell into the Packers lap. So Packers fans were mad. Look, public service announcement, PSA. Our team can't pick every single player. It can't happen. They have one pick of the 32 picks in the first round. They can't take everybody. And I know everybody in the weeks leading up to the draft has their wish list. I know oh, if the Packers pick one of these guys, I'll be happy. Fans will be like, I see these tweets all the time. Fans will be like, I love uh, Danny Johnson and Billy Smith and and Frank Miller and, and John Thompson. Those are my, my, my draft crushes. I love all those guys. And then the Packers will take, what was one of the names of you? John, the Packers take John Thompson. And then the fans freak out because they didn't take the other three guys. It's like, hello. They can only take one. They can only take one guy. So if you had a list of four or five guys that you liked, and the Packers took one of them. Hey, Mazel Tov. Great. Awesome. They can't take multiple. Pl- they can't have everybody. You, you you get one gift under the tree in the first round. You get one. You can't have multiple guys. And it seems like Packers fans who have these wish lists and they have these draft crushes. The Packers could take one. And instead of celebrating the fact that the Packers got that guy, we're going to bitch about the guys they didn't take, which is just no way to live life. It's just no way to live life. We can, we can be a little bit more positive than that. We don't have to be so negative. Fans also act like the draft is over. Everyone freaking out about it. The offense is getting neglected. And they're not investing in the offense. And Jordan Love's going to be screwed. My brothers and sisters in Christ. There's, there's, there's six more rounds. Goody's got two picks tonight. Pretty good second round picks too. Middle of the second round. All but one of the tight ends are still there. Dalton Kincaid was the only one who came off the board. There's a lot of wide receivers that I see folks. All I see is Christian Mingo, right? Is that his name? Christian Mingo, Christian Mingo, as as uh, often confused with the defensive lineman. Wasn't there a Christian Ringo on the pack? Maybe I, maybe I got the name wrong. 
But I see a lot of tweets about, oh, we wanted this guy, this guy, these wide receivers. They're still on the board. They're still out there. They can still take these guys tonight. There's so much of the draft left. Don't act like the draft is over and the fate of the 2023 Packers and the fate of the 2023 draft classes is sealed. Oh, we, we're just beginning. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. I don't know. Wide receiver's still there. Tight end's still there. So I'll take a deep breath. Maybe I was in a coma last year. Maybe maybe I dreamt that the Packers gave up 400 rushing yards to Philly. And maybe maybe I dreamt that they need some more some more guys up front on defense. You cannot be a legit title contender. You cannot win a Super Bowl with a terrible secondary or a terrible defensive front. You you can get by on mid-level safety play. You can get by with mid-level off-ball linebacker play, especially with how much nickel get you know gets played now in the NFL. You can get by with weak-ish tight ends. You, you can get by with a lot of things. You can't get by with bad cornerbacks. We saw that in 2016. You, you cannot go into the playoffs with Ladarius Gunter as your number one corner. You can't, do, you can't do it. You can't win a title that way. And you can't go on a title run, and you can't win a Super Bowl with a defensive front that can at least hold their own against the run. 2019, we saw that. 200-plus rushing yards in a playoff game. Well, it was actually more than that, wasn't it? 200-plus yards just for Raheem Mostert? I don't remember. I blocked it out of my brain. You cannot legitimately contend for a Super Bowl with a non-existent secondary or a non-existent defensive line. The Packers' defensive line might not be non-existent, but they did give up 300 rushing yards, 300-plus. I think it was almost 400 to the Eagles last year. Got to fix that. Got to fix it. And I know folks are bummed that Jackson Smith and Jigba fell to the Packers, and he was right there for the taking, but... Jackson Smith and Jigba did last until pick 20. This obviously wasn't the draft for elite first-round wide receivers. Now, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, uh, Zay Flowers, those guys went in the early 20s, but, but that's a different portion of the draft. The Packers picking at 13, that's not pick 23. Those are different picks. And if you look back at the last two drafts, I just went and looked at 2022-2021. These are where wide receivers went in years previous. Drake London, 8. Garrett Wilson, 10. Chris Olave, 11. Jamison Williams, 12. Jahan Dotson, 16. Traylon Burks, 18. That was last year. There were one, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers that came off the board before pick 20, which is where the first wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, came off the board last night. You go back to the 2021 draft. Jamar Chase at 5. Jalen Waddell at 6. Devontae Smith at 10. Kadarius Toney at 20. NFL teams didn't think this was an elite, elite, elite wide receiver class. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba might be the best wide receiver in this class, but the NFL at large, again, this is a marketplace where all of these teams are establishing value and they're putting prices on certain players and what you can spend on a certain player and what you can't. Basically, the whole NFL agreed. Jackson Smith and Jigba is not worth a top 10 pick the same way that Garrett Wilson was or Drake London or Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith. Help. Jahan Dotson went four picks higher in the 2022 draft than Jackson Smith and Jigba went last night. I'm not saying that he would have been a, a reach at 13. I'm, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. The Packers could have done it. I would have, fine, I'd be excited. But I, I think the Packers, unlike 2020, where it felt like the Packers were the only team in football to not love Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb and, and all those guys, it seemed like the rest of the NFL felt one way about those guys, and then there were the Packers who were like, eh, that's not the case here. Seems like the whole NFL at large was like, eh, we can wait on these wide receivers. They're not can't miss guys like Drake London 
or Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. So the Packers are at least on par with the rest of the league, which in previous years has not been the case. That's what's bothered me is when the entire NFL is like, we got to get these guys. And the Packers are like, no, no, we don't do that because we're the Packers. It's not the case this year. Not at all. 608-796-2558. Let's take a three-minute break. You can text and call the show. We can talk about Van Ness next. You can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. Three minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills happy friday never never ever ever miss a friday show especially when rob reichel going to be here in just a couple minutes rob reichel forbes.com written a bunch of books on football and the packers and he is fiery always i love rob takes nothing to get him going you know some guests he, i gotta sit here and what should i ask him what should i really like this way i like that i never worry about that with rob it's a couple bullet points I'll say, hey, Rob, what about that pick? And he is off to the races. He's off and running. I love Rob. Rant and Rob, they call him. Well, I call him that. I don't know that anybody else does. He's going to join us to talk about the Packers pick. Lucas Van Ness. Not Jackson Smith and Jigba. Not a wide receiver. Not a tight end. I'm okay with it. Just to put my cards on the table, went into the draft last night thinking if one of the elite tackles is there, I'd take Paris Johnson Jr. or Darnell Wright. That would be great. Neither one of those guys were there. So that was off the board, literally and figuratively. My next two options were either Lucas Van Ness or Jackson Smith and Jigba. You get an elite, high-end, high-ceiling edge rusher who can move around the defensive line, or you get the best wide receiver in the draft. It's a win either way. And they chose defense, as the Packers have done so many times uh, in my lifetime. Let's talk to Eric on I-90, 608-796-2558. What's up, Eric? Good afternoon, Grant. What a beautiful day, huh? Oh, no kidding. When I walked into work this morning, Eric, I thought, what, what is this? To what, to what do I owe this pleasure? What a gorgeous day. Right, right. Right. They got, uh, you got, um, what's the guy's name? Lucas Van Ness, LVN. Lucas Van Ness. Uh-huh. Here's a, here's a guy who's a combination of J.J. Watt uh-huh. and J.J. Watt. Yeah, yeah, actually. Uh, right? But, but better, but better. Like, multiply him. Like, J.J. Watt squared. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's better looking, too. Oh, definitely better looking. Um, so I think that's a good pick, right? We don't know. It's like a 50-50 chance. He yeah. might pan out. Yeah, I, I think to I wanted- get a guy to go with Gary and Kenny Clark, he can move him around. Yeah, I think he fits really well, and they need a guy. up. You went in the trenches, Eric. The Packers are weak in the defensive trenches. So we gotta, we gotta fix that. So I wanted to get your opinion on the Vikings wide receiver pick. Jordan Addison, once upon a time, was my hope for the Packers. I, I, I really loved him. He USC caught a ton of touchdowns, and then he tested, and it was clear that like some of his physical traits weren't as impressive, which is kind of the case for this whole wide receiver class. So Jordan Addison probably wasn't going to be the selection in the top fifteen. Because, you know, teams, when you're picking that high, they're like, well, they got to be really big and strong and fast. But if you're picking in the 20s, right, you, you can kind of use different standards. I think he's perfect because he's the perfect wide receiver number two to go with Justin Jefferson. And that way he doesn't have too much responsibility. Well, he's kind of small, but he's 
slippery is what you're saying. Slippery guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, slippery. Yeah, caught so many touchdowns. Seems to be a good right place, right time type of wide receiver. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. I think he's going to go great for the Vikings because you got Hawkinson and Jefferson. So he can kind of come in and, and find his role and figure out the NFL little by little. Well, that's good news, Grant. I, I didn't know anything about the guy, so now I'm happy. I think the whole I'm NFC happy. North did pretty good, Eric. I thought the, the Bears got their tackle. Uh, the Packers got their edge rusher. The Vikings got a wide receiver. And the Lions, I don't know. They're having fun. They took a running back and a linebacker, which is a little odd, but they're having fun. So God bless right. them. Right. Those, those aren't big impact players anymore. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not positions of value or premium positions, uh, as the nerds say. No. Right, 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 right. Well, you have a great weekend, Grant. We got some more picks to watch tonight, and I'm sure that our teams will mess it up. So, well, your team's got to address the defense, and my team's got to address the offense. So, good luck to your Vikings, Eric. Yeah, I'm hoping they pick a quarterback too. Ooh, yeah, you got to get a guy developing under Kirk Cousins. Yes. Well, maybe with. Kirk Cousins isn't exactly the guy to watch, but you know, Kirk, Kirk ain't bad. You have a great weekend, Grant. You as well, Eric. He can develop however he wants. Maybe he doesn't have to model his game after Kirk Cousins. Thanks, Eric, for the call. 608-796-2558. couple of texts. Robin Stoddard, appreciate you listening. This text says, I'm sorry, Grant, but the only draft I enjoy includes barley and hops. Can you imagine pouring a draft and waiting until it tastes good? That's how I feel about the draft. What is what is this text? What is, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, we got Rob Reichel here in just a couple minutes, so let's talk with Cone Roller. Cone, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Grant. Oh, what was that? I, you cut out there for a sec. The Friday kind of. Uh, Cone, can you try try me again in a little bit? You're you're. I can barely hear you at all. Your reception stinks. We'll talk to Rob Reichel, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to Cohen Roller. Okay, wow. Those two calls back-to-back. This show's going to set records. Two outstanding contributors to the show. Daniel Madison says, major injury questions on him, unfortunately. Uh, he says of Jackson Smith and Jigba, yeah, he's had hammy issues. You never know how that stuff translates. I'm fine with not taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. I would have been fine with them taking him. That's okay. It's okay to go into the draft and say, hey, any of these two or three guys I'm good with. And then if you get one of those two or three guys, you, you go to bed happy and you don't worry about the other guys. You can't draft everyone. Uh, Kevin in Alaska says, the guy you were trying to recall was Jim Ringo. He was a center during the Lombardi era. That's not it. I think it's Christian Ringo. Oh, what was that guy's name? It had to be. Yeah, it was Christian Ringo. So is it Jonathan Mingo? Who's the wide receiver I'm trying to think of? Jonathan Mingo? I think that's his name. Yep, Ole Miss receiver. There we go. We have Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, Christian Ringo, defensive tackle, and according to Kevin in Alaska, Jim Ringo, uh, who is an offensive lineman under Lombardi. There we go. I'm glad we got that sorted out. Let's take a five-minute break. We're going to get rocking Rob Reichel on the horn, come back, talk about the pick, what comes next in rounds two, three, and beyond, and then... Rob's been calling for Aaron Rodgers' head in Green Bay for a long time. This is a big week for Rob, so we'll have to talk about the exit of Aaron Rodgers and his introduction in New York as well. Rob Reichel joins us next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Packers show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking Packers draft. And despite how a lot of fans are reacting, the draft is not over. In fact, it's just started. Packers have only made one pick. They have two picks in tonight's second round. And then there's a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. So let's not overreact. Just getting started. First pick, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Got him 13th overall. Ben Kenny's boy. Ben threw himself a four-hour party on the Bill Michaels show earlier today. Here to break it down with us. Rock and rolling, ranting, raving. Rob Reichel is here. Forbes. Uh, he put a piece up on this earlier today. Rob, how you doing? It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, goodness. Hector, don't call him. I'm sorry, the phone's beeping at you, Rob. Rob, how are you? Now I can hear you. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I, I am absolutely wonderful. And, and you are right. The draft has is, is just begun. We have a long uh, 26 hours ahead of us, probably. By the time it ends tomorrow night at about 6.30. So I read your piece. You seem to think, I'm just reading your words. You seem to think they should have gone offense. You thought this was a good time for the Packers to finally go offense and invest and, and build around Jordan Love, and they still might, but you had a pretty strong reaction to this pick. So why don't we break that down? Why don't we start with what you wrote today at Forbes? Yeah, Grant, so, so here's my point in all this, and, and this was the point of the piece I wrote, too. Green Bay has gone defense now 12 of the last 13 first-round picks that they've had, 7 of 8 under under Brian Gutekunst. They're, they're investing a remarkable amount of capital into the defense. Um, and when they do that, Grant, you better wind up looking like the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or yeah. something like that um, when, when, when it's all said and done. Not, you know, not, not, not a mid-level bunch with which Green Bay has been the last decade plus. Because he, he, here's, here's the point in the grand scheme of it, Grant. This is an offensive league right now. It's, it's trending more and more. Um, you know, to almost looking like arena football at, at, at times in, in some of these games. You know, it, it's scoring is up, um, you know, by the year, uh, m- most seasons. Uh, the, the four teams, Grant, that were in the conference finals last year, Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Cincinnati, they're in the top seven of both scoring offense and total yards. Grant, 13 of the uh, 14 teams that made the playoffs last year yeah. were in the top half of were in the top half of offense. There were there was only one team that did not finish in the top half of offense that made the playoffs last year. And that 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 was the Giants who finished 17th. They missed it by one spot. So my my, my whole point, Grant, is they they being Green Bay need to get dramatically better on offense to compete with the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Lions, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Chargers of the world. And and right now, they've got two wide receivers on the roster. That's it. That have 40 career catches or more mm-hmm. in Watson and Dobbs. Their, their, their starting tight end would probably be Josiah DeGuara with 39 career catches. Maybe it's Davis. Who's never found the end zone? For example, Grant. Yeah. Um, it's it's a pop gun offense right now, and you're turning this thing over to a first time quarterback. Um, you you know the the GM and the head coach they're fine for 2024, but if the next two seasons go poorly, Grant, their tails are on the line. Uh, you know if, if this goes really bad with Jordan Love, and and especially on the offensive side of the ball. For, for Matt Lafleur, um, you know, they're, 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 there's, you know, if they're a five and twelve type of an outfit, uh, four and thirteen, a six and eleven team this year, Grant, they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're going to come back. Both those guys, Gutekunst and Lafleur, in twenty twenty four, 
on the hottest of hot seats. And and I just think the way the league is trending, where every rule that has gone in for 30 years has favored the offense, they're focused on the wrong side of the football, Grant. And, and they can't get that side fixed. And, and they're asking Jordan Love, the way it's shaping up right now, to go and win with some guys that probably should not uh, be on the football field next year. So do you think that the strategy could be changing for the Packers? Because I think for years, Rob, the strategy has been Rodgers is getting paid a lot. He's great. We are going to ask him to do a little bit more with a little less. Now that Jordan Love is taking over, obviously we're only through one pick, but do you think there could be a a, a different strategy where in a year or two we're like, wow, the Packers really pivoted and they built around Jordan Love in a way that they didn't build around Aaron Rodgers? Could you see kind of a a change in perspective or a change in approach from the Packers front office, even if this first round pick didn't reflect that change. Are are, are you saying if they, you know, the rest of this draft, for example, Grant go seven out of nine picks on offense or something like that. Sure. Or or I guess in, in two or three years, if we have a little bit more of a sample size, let's say Jordan Love works out and he's fine. You know, he's fine to above average. Do you think the Packers, act differently in building around love over a two, three, four year span than they did with 10 years for Rodgers because they wanted Rodgers to do more with less. Do you think the Packers are going to maybe flip that mentality a little bit in the way they try to build around Jordan love moving forward? I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one to predict or call, you know, Grant, all I know is right now, um, you know, that Jordan love is not Aaron Rodgers, And, and, and if they're going to ask him, to, to do more with less already as a first-time starting quarterback who's going to face a lot of defensive coordinators who are going to be licking their chops, throwing things at Jordan Love that he has never seen before. Think back to a couple of years ago when his only start at, at, you know, at, at Kansas City and, and how they blitzed the bejesus out of him throughout the course of that game. Uh, you know, Grant, he, you know, he, he's going to see a variety of things like that this year that, that he's never seen before. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, had, had a 15-year resume of, of, of seeing those particular things. I already think it's, it's going to be challenging enough for Jordan Love to come in and, and win 8, 9, 10 football games next year and, and, and make people try to forget about Aaron Rodgers and, and win the fan base over, um, to me, the best way to put your football team together. And, and again, there is still time. He could, you know, Gutekunst could go out tonight and get a tight end and a wide out and, yeah. you know, trade up or something like that and, you know, and, and, and add another tackle or whatever it is he, you know, decides to do. But but the way they're currently structured is, is we sit here at, what, 440 on, on April 28th. That's not a very good offense. And, and you're asking Jordan Love to go do a lot of things, I, th- I think, next year again with, with two second-year wideouts who, who are going to be starters and, and both of them suffered with injuries throughout the course of their rookie season without a tight end that's done a lick in this league, um, a decent offensive line and a reasonable running game. Um, if, if you're going to ask him to go out and, 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 and somehow try to score 27, 30 points a game with that group right now, Grant, I, I think that's a heck of a lot to ask. And, um, you know, I, I think back to when Aaron Rodgers took over, for example, you know, Grant in, in 08 and, and he had driver and, and he had Greg Jennings, and he had he had Jordy Nelson, and he had James Jones, and and people like that, and and that and that offense put up about 430 points that year. Grant, I mean they they scored 25 points a game because Aaron had weapons. Right now, Jordan does not have enough weapons, and that's up to Gutekunst to get it fixed here and and to get it fixed, you know, in the next four months. Compare the way you see this draft versus maybe drafts of the last couple of years, at least from a weapons perspective, because what I see, Rob, is there were no wide receivers in this draft that anybody loved 
but there were a lot of wide receivers that a lot of teams liked. And I think we're going to see that in the second round. Mingo, Hyatt, Reed, a couple of names you were tweeting out. And the same with tight ends, right? We've seen tight ends, Hawkinson and Fant, the year they were up there, or Kyle Pitts, where there's been the one prospect, and then it's kind of everybody else. This year, it's the opposite, right? Like, I know Dalton Kincaid went in the first round, but he wasn't a Kyle Pitts prospect, and Mayer and Musgrave and Laporta, and they're, they're still out there as well. Darnell Washington, isn't this kind of flipped? This is the inverse from a weapons perspective of, of the last couple drafts that we've seen. What's that like and to cover, and, and how do you think the Packers are approaching it differently? Yeah, and, and, and that may be exactly what they're doing, Grant. They they said that the, the best time to grab that edge rusher is, is up there at 13 because they may have felt, you know, the, the wideouts throw them in a hat right between number two and number seven or something like that. The tight ends, they might not have a great discrepancy on their board between, a, a, you know, a mayor, for example, and let's even go down to, you know, six or seven, of a, you know, a Brenton Strange or somebody like that from, from Penn State. Again, uh, no, none of us know how Gutekun's board looks, but he may certainly feel he can get the wide receiver and the tight end tonight, and there wasn't a great discrepancy, you know, um, in terms of taking one last night at 13, where there might have been a great discrepancy on his edge rushers, and that's why he went bad next up there at 13 and decided to wait. It, it, it is probably the least talented wide receiver group we've seen in, in quite some time, just because so many of these guys are small. They're undersized. They're slot guys, a lot of them, you know, for example. But on the flip side, Grant, it is a really good group of tight ends, uh, you know, top to bottom. And, and he should be able to find one that can probably be a, be a plug-and-play starter tonight in round two if he chooses to go that, that direction. I, I would certainly anticipate in round two, Grant, he comes, he's got picks 42 and 45. I would think he comes out and goes wide receiver, tight end in, in some particular order and, and maybe tries to find a safety in, in round three with, with that particular pick because they're light at that spot right now. But, um, you know, again, Grant, if he, if he goes away from that strategy, um, he's going to have to find people, um, you know, whether it's a trade or, uh, picks a guy up off the street late in free agency like he did Devondre Campbell. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to fill a couple of these spots, you know, before we get to training camp because they are extremely thin still at wide receiver, at tight end, at safety, you know, a few of these various spots that we've mentioned. Talking with Rob Reichel, one or two more questions. I- I'm-, I'm hoping that Goody doesn't do what he did with Watson, and it seems like it's worked out with Watson, right? But I, I don't want the Packers tonight to target one guy they love and burn both second-round picks or burn a second to third to go up and get him. Take the, take the two best guys, because you got two picks in the middle of the second round. Take your favorite wide receiver, your favorite tight end, right? Like, I don't want them to jump up and go all in for one guy. I'd like a more scattergun approach, because they need quantity on the offensive side of the ball for Jordan Love. Now, Rob, i got to ask you about Aaron Rodgers, because he departed Green Bay officially this week. And I knew of you long before... He's gone, Grant? What was that? He did? I missed that one. Yeah, He's gone? Oh, okay. We're still talking about him. We're still following. I still played the press conference because it was entertaining as hell, right? But my first yes, experience with you, Rob, was years, five, six years ago, I'd hear you on radio shows, and you were always usually more critical of Rodgers than, than other Packers analysts were. This is something that you've probably been maybe not pulling for, but, like, this is something you've been maybe advocating for for longer than most. So now that Rodgers is gone, Talk about the exit process that we've witnessed with Rodgers and, and the way that he departed the team. And, and just give me your take on it, because this is something that, like, again, you're not cheering for it, but you've been pretty critical of Rodgers for a while. Well, I hope my cell service holds up here, Grant, and we don't have to FaceTime each other and, because uh, 
that 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 would get tricky. Yeah. Um, and and I do want our lines of communication to stay open. Direct um, direct communication, Rob. It needs to be direct. That, that would be ideal, Grant. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I, I started feeling Grant honestly, you know, maybe three three four years ago that this organization was not going to get to another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And and that was largely because, you know, granted, he, he, he was tearing it up in October and November against the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears of the world. But when we got to the postseason, you saw it time and time again, his playoff performances in big games were dreadful. And and and, and let's be honest, that, that that that's all that matters at the end of the day. That's what we're going to remember these guys for. But 2014, Seattle, I know a lot of people, you know, will point at a Brandon Bostic or a Mike McCarthy or the defense, but Aaron Rodgers was dreadful that day in the NFC title game. He was terrible in Atlanta in the 2016 conference title game, terrible against the 49ers uh, a number of times, but certainly in 2019 and, and then again in 2021. Tom Brady outplayed him for most of the game in 2020. Um, you know, so we, we, we hit these monumental, critical, franchise-altering type of games, Grant, and time and time again, you know, after the Super Bowl in, you know, in, in 2010, which give him credit for Aaron Rodgers was unworldly that day. He just never repeated that level of performance in the postseason. And, and as he aged, I, you know, and, and as he became a lot tougher to deal with from an organizational standpoint, Grant, un, you know, undoubtedly he exhausted a lot of people in that building in terms of, you know, critical comments he would make toward coaches or players, you know, him, de- you know, him demanding a, a seat at the big boy table, um, you know, to have a say in, in personnel decisions. He was an exhausting football player. And on top of it, he was gobbled up $60 million of yeah. your cap. Um, you know, when, when, when he held out in the summer of 2021, Grant, I thought it was the perfect time to move him, and I thought you'd have a chance to get Russell Wilson or Matt Stafford, you know, type of draft capital for him. It took a couple years longer. I do think at the end of the day, Brian Gutekunst did pretty well in that trade. Um, you know, I would have done it two years earlier because I thought the window really was closed, mm-hmm. and um, you, you could have you could have loaded up on ones and twos and started this rebuild a couple years early. But but here we are now, right? They're in the rebuild in in in, in 2023. It's it's, it's going to be uh, you know, a year where I think if, if, if they go above 500 and, and find a way to sneak into the playoffs, the fan base is going to be ecstatic and elated. I think, I think we all can't wait to see what Jordan Love is and, and what, what the team looks like with him under center. You know, Aaron closed the, closed the door, closed the chapter, uh, the, you know, on, on a marvelous career. There's no doubt yeah. about it, Grant. He's, you know, he's one of the all-time greats in terms of, of throwing the football. But, you know, even as Brian Gutekunst said in his, in his Monday press conference, when, when you're on the brink of a Super Bowl, when you're 13-3, and 13-4, and four, you'll put up with a lot of stuff from a player. If you're 8-9, and nine, it's a lot harder to do. And they were 8-9 and nine last year, and Aaron showed a lot of signs of slippage. So I think the Packers were ready to say goodbye, say good luck to the Jets with the, this particular player, and you know, and, and see if things can be different for Aaron in, in 2023 in New York. Real quickly, Rob, before I let you go, I'm just curious. The way you see it as someone who covers the team, writes about the team, was there a reality in which this offseason Rodgers comes to the Packers and says, look, this is what I want to do. I want to do this with my contract, or I want to commit to doing this stuff in the offseason. If Rodgers comes to the Packers and says, We've been coming up short. Here's what I want to do to address it. Here's my plan. Here's what I can promise you guys. Do you think there's a world in which Rodgers is still here? Or, or was he gone regardless of what the Packers heard from Rodgers this offseason? That's one thing I, I haven't been able to quite piece together. Yeah, Grant, I think a lot of that is speculatory because, yeah. you know, none of us got clear kind of answers on that. I, You know, the, the way I certainly read it through 
you know, through talking to others and, you know, you know, through, through some of what the Gutekunst and the Lafleurs and, and the Rogers of the world said is, is, is I think, you know, I, I think Aaron kind of did realize this football team right now is not equipped to win a Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's probably not going to win a championship and, and it's not going to do it in the next year or two, even with Aaron Rodgers on board with so many holes that they have, so many young football players that, that, that he did want to close his career in another uniform. Now, does that, you know, does that forgive him for dodging their phone calls and, and avoiding them through the course of the offseason, especially when, when he's the one who ranted and raved about communication and, um, you know, wanting a say in some of these personnel decisions? Of course it doesn't. I mean, I think Brian Gutekunst came out, you know, looking like, looking like the winner of that PR battle that went on a little bit there for the last couple of weeks in terms of who's to blame or, you know, who, who should, you know, who should be credited or, discredited for Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. I just, you know, Grant, I just, I I think Aaron understands right now, and he is a historian um, of this league. His his legacy is far, you know, far from the the way he wants it at this point in time, right? You know, he's the guy, he's the guy who won a Super Bowl. He's the guy who won four MVPs. But he, but he's also seen as, as a guy overwhelmingly that, that for a decade has really struggled here in the postseason. I'm sure deep down he wondered if Green Bay was even back to the postseason. He's going to get a chance to work with his buddy now Hackett in New York, maybe change that script a little bit. All of a sudden, Grant, you know, I, I put Aaron Rodgers in that range of 10 or 12 in terms of the all-time great quarterbacks we've seen in this league. Yeah. If he somehow pulls the Broadway Joe and, and finds a way to take the Jets to the Super Bowl and even win one, you know, now he's back in the top five, which which where I thought he was headed after the 2010 season. He's not there right now, but, you know, he wasn't going to climb up that list anymore if he stayed with Green Bay. He's got a chance to do that now with the Jets. So deep down, Grant, I don't think he wanted to be back. I think the organization sure. was more than fine moving on from him because they want to see what Jordan Love has and, 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 and here we are. It's, 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 it's going to be fun to watch both sides. Sometimes relationships end. I, I felt like it ended, other than some weird comments about, you know, ghosting each other. It could have been much uglier. So I'm okay with it. I'm excited for both parties to move on. Rob, I kept you pertinent your 20 minutes. I'm sorry, but I just love asking you questions. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the draft. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. You, uh, you never have to apologize. It's always fun. Thanks, Grant. Thank you, Rob. Have a great weekend. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Read his piece. He wrote... I wanted to read this when I had him on, but I don't want to take time away from Rob talking. He wrote this in his piece. This is so effing funny. He said, armed with two first-round picks last season, Gudikins had the ammunition to move up and draft an elite wideout such as Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Instead, he took Pat and took stood Pat and took Walker, who became the first player in NFL history to be thrown out of two games in the same season. I laughed out loud reading that this afternoon. Never change, Rob Reichel. Let's take a three-minute break. And we'll get back to the phone calls. I'm sorry. I I carved out 20 minutes of the show where we couldn't go back and forth. And I feel bad about that. But Rob is kick-ass and it's been too long since we've talked to him. So three minutes, we'll back. We'll keep the calls going. Keep talking about Lucas Van Ness and and the Packers draft. So thank you for your patience. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. We're going to move at breakneck speed tonight because people are fired up to talk about how they love the draft or hate the draft pick. Lucas Van Ness, first rounder. We're going to move quickly so we can get as many phone calls in as possible. We thank Rob Reichel. Sorry to shut down the phones for 20 minutes, but I love Rob. Love getting his takes. Dave from Cudahy is here. Dave, welcome back to the show. 
Hello, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good uh, afternoon. I am, I am feeling, I'm feeling better than I did yesterday. Seeing this, uh, this Packers pick. I think oh. Lucas Van Ness, after seeing uh, a lot of his highlights, is is an exciting player. I understand everyone's frustration and concern, but like what uh, Rob Reichel said, I think they're just going to address a lot of those offensive needs now. Uh, and, man, if you can get Michael Mayer, please, for the love of God, get him. Um, I know that's kind of wishful thinking because at this point there's no chance he gets past Detroit. But, that, I mean, that's exactly who this Packer team needs. If they take Michael Mayer and they already have Lucas Van Ness, I mean, these. how do I put this? Blonde hair, blue eyes, pretty boy, both of them. You know what I'm saying. Like, they, they, it would just be funny. It would be a funny aesthetic for that to be their first two picks. Well, what are you talking about? It looked like they uh, work out like Wisconsin Dells or something. There like, one of the, what are like the, the summer interns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they look like they both work the desk at a credit union, is what they look like. They, they look like that they're on too. the rowing team at UW Matt. They look like, they look, here it is. I got it. They look like the Winklevoss twins. That's who they look like. That's, that's what I was reaching for. That's very, very astute of you. Uh, also, fun fact about Lucas Van Ness, if you guys didn't know that, he is dating Cole Komet. Uh, Cole Komet's sister, rather. Not Cole Komet. But, uh, yeah, Bears tight end, which I just found very funny. So hopefully he can do some mind games there. Ugh. Don't remind me that it's a Bears connection. Dave, I'm glad I could fit you in here before 5 o'clock. I got to run. Have a great weekend, friend. Nope. Hey, have a good one. Have a good one. That's our friend, David Cudahy. I'm glad we got him in here before 5 o'clock. They do look like the Winklevoss twins, if they get Michael Mayer. Uh, what an aesthetic. Two-minute break. We'll get an update. Hour two of the Wisco Sports Show next. With the 13th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Finesse. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. type and then delete and then type and then delete. Is this a good tweet? You tell me. This is what I typed up. If the Packers draft Michael Mayer tonight, they will have essentially, I typed essential, essentially spent their first two picks on the football version of the Winklevoss twins. I'm going to tweet that. I think that'll play. They do look like the Winklevoss twins. Blonde, blue eyes, big shoulders. And as uh, one of the Winklevoss twins said in the social network. What did he say? I'm six foot five and there's two of me. Also, Army Hammer liked to eat people, which we didn't know when that movie came out. All time great movie, by the way. Awesome movie. It's less awesome now that we know that Army Hammer eats people, but still I, I, art from artist. We can separate the art from the artist, can't we? We do it in other instances. We should be able to do it for, for 
cannibals. Maybe not. Lucas Van Ness, one half of the Winklevoss twins. Now may the Packers add Michael Mayer. Maybe Darnell Washington. Maybe Mingo. Uh, what's the Tennessee Jaleel Hyatt? Jaleel, what's his name? All these names sound the same in my head. I'm trying, guys. You know I'm not naturally a draft person, but I'm getting into it. I'm along for the ride. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. I'd love to talk with you about the selection of Lucas Van Ness in the first round. They get their man, their edge rusher from Iowa. They don't trade back into the first round to get somebody else, which I was very happy about. Maybe you're bummed about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was right there. I was kind of bummed too, but... I still really like the player that the Packers got. 608-796-2558. Let's talk to Mike in Eau Claire. Mike, what's going on? Hey, bud. I'm doing good, man. Good. I, I, the pick is growing on me. Okay. It's growing to be better on me. I, I, I was a Najigba. I wanted that. But this pick just screams of how the Packers don't have the same money as a lot of other organizations. That's why they, besides Jordan Love, they draft defensive players in the first round because there's less money involved. I haven't heard this take yet, and this is my take on it. They they always draft the defense because then you pay them what you can pay them a lot less when their contract is up, and then not only that. The number one wide receiver off the board, you watch, Najigba's contract is going to be a It's probably going to be a little heavier than Van Ness's. I do like the pick. Like I said, I it's growing on me. But the Packers are just, they're like me. They don't have billions of dollars. They have to, when they shop, they have to maybe buy something a little less expensive they can't just get the expensive brand every time they have to shop accordingly and i like that i'm a i'm a a, a shopper like that. you have to be like that yeah. you know so i think i that's that's my take on it man well well and and you're talking about value right mike so here's another thing with it yes. right when you draft a player you're getting them dirt cheap because they're on that rookie contract for a couple of years and that's the case whether it's a tight end a quarterback, a tackle, right? All rookie contracts are cheap, no matter the position. Now, when that rookie con- contract is up and they need to get paid, a wide receiver is going to get paid a ton. An edge rusher is going to get paid a ton. Running back, guard, maybe not. So when teams draft a player in the first round, they need to consider, right, how can we get the best value? It, drafting a player in the first round, you're essentially getting a coupon, right? You're getting a 50% off coupon. Do you want to use the 50% off coupon on a bag of chips, or do you want to use it on a flat screen TV? You're going to get 50% off either way, but in order to get the most value from that first round pick, you want to attack these premium positions. Edge rusher is one, wide receiver is another one. So I would have been okay with Smith and Jigba. I think they got a good player, though. I agree with that. That's that's great. That, I do like he can play multiple positions. If Rashawn Gary was healthy last year, we don't need him. But injuries happen. If if you know, if we do have an injury, it's a great selection, and hopefully he can sub in and fill in when guys need a breather. That that's where I see him. I see him as a sub guy. I think it, he's at gonna, multiple positions. So I think I think it's a good pick, man. I think he can move on the inside and help against the run. Ideally, he's he's just so raw. Like he hasn't played a ton of football. He's only twenty one. He really hit a big growth spurt in college. So the Packers probably feel as though they're buying low 
right? They, they think he can be a lot better than we've seen so far. And he hasn't started at Iowa. And I've been talking about this with Ben Kenny. He's been preaching this gospel. Iowa starts upperclassmen, no matter what. So Lucas Van Ness was yep. markedly better than the guys that started on Iowa. But, you know, Iowa, they're, they're old school, Mike. They always have been. That's how most. That's how the business is. From high school to college to the pros, a lot of times it's a seniority that comes. Even in the NFL, a lot of times I think there's Ezekiel Elliott. He should have been benched last year. Good comp, yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony Pollard is way better. I mean, it, it didn't happen till now, but I mean, last year they should have just pulled the plug and they're like, no, nope, you're fired. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> yeah, he's but, been uh, there a while. I, he's got that big contract, right? He's been a cowboy for, for yeah. longer than Pollard. Well, at least he was yeah. taken very high. I don't remember when Pollard was drafted. But that's a great example, yeah, Mike, 100%. Seniority matters, not yeah. just in sports, but in all sorts of businesses, 100%. Yeah. You got well, any plans this I, weekend? I, I, I'm gonna, I, by the way, Mike, I'm going to be in your town on Sunday, Eau Claire Marathon. I'm going I'm to come watch. Nice, man, nice. Yeah, I, I'm just doing fantasy football uh, dynasty stuff oh, this weekend. Where yeah. after the draft, we got to draft rookies. Boy. Just four. Blood. So I'm doing my homework on that, and then. But no, no, I listen to your show. I haven't called in a while. I'm sorry. I I play spades on my phone, a card game. So, I, but I listen. <laughs> I'm constantly listening. But I'm playing spades and listening to you at the same time. So, I'm always listening, man. I ain't go anywhere. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Hey, right, man. You too. Playing spades and listening to sports talk radio that kicks ass. I wish I could do that every night from four to six. Uh, Matt texts in. He says, the last caller was wrong. There was a salary cap. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly what you're referring to with with Mike. So he was talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba versus Lucas Van Ness. Now, wide receiver contracts are pretty hefty, right? We saw that with Devontae Adams. We saw how much DeAndre Hopkins made or how much A.J. Brown got paid, right? These guys get big deals. So do edge rushers, right? But the the total amount of money for a big wide receiver contract is different than a tight end. It's different than a guard. It's different than a safety. Some positions just make more than others. So when a team drafts a player in the first round, the dream is you get an amazing player who's, who's great, who's a Pro Bowl-level player for a couple of years, but you got him on the cheap, right? And that's why I like the analogy. You're getting a coupon, right? The Packers get a 50% off coupon, and they can use that coupon on anyone, right? So do you want to use that coupon on a, on a player that would cost a lot or, or maybe not? Like if, if you went into Walmart and... Uh, you needed to buy groceries and you get a 50% off coupon to use on any item. And you want to make a dinner of mashed potatoes, prime rib. Uh, what, what goes good with that? What would go good with that? Maybe a uh, garlic bread, right? And you can use that 50% coupon on any of your items. You want to use it on the prime rib because that's the most expensive. You're going to get the most value out of that. That's going to save you the most money. And it's the same in the draft. If you use a first round pick on a wide receiver, if that wide receiver is a stud, you're saving so much money because stud wide receivers make so much. If you use a first round pick on a guard or on a running back and the guard or the running back is great, that's awesome, but you don't get as much value. It's great to save $50 or 50% on a bag of potatoes. It's better to save $50 on a on prime rib. You get my point. I'm kind of tripping over my words, but I, I think you get what I'm trying to say. Tony's in Texas, 608-796-2558. What's up, Tony? Hey, Grant, guards are not going to win you a Super Bowl. Hey, Social Network, great movie, man. Oh, I saw that movie when it came out in the theater. Grant, get a little of this. Third date with this girl, beautiful, looked like a young Shania Twain. 
And on the way home after the movie, I was kind of tired and I yawned and we never went out again. Really? Do you think she took your yawn as a, a signal of, of boredom? Like you weren't interested in her? <laughs> it was a long movie, though, right? I mean, it was a good movie. It was a Friday night it's, so I showed my girlfriend the movie Social Network. She didn't really like it. I Sometimes men... I liked it. Sometimes men like gravity. Like, I like old man TV. I like lawyer dramas, medical dramas. Like, the Social Network's very interesting to me. It's not a Marvel movie. There's not a lot of action. There's no shooting, right? So it just kind of depends on what you're into. Yeah, great movie. Okay, this Packer pick. Van Ness, you need three edge rushers. If one of your edge rushers goes down, you're pretty much screwed. You got to have three guys. You got to rotate those guys in and out. Now, Goot did pick up my guy, Justin Hollins, who was serviceable last year, had a nice little run at the end of the year. So hopefully they got four guys on the edge that can pass rush. How do you feel about that position going into this year? Well, let's see. We got Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness. Those are ideally your, your two big boys. Now, we don't know how Rashawn Gary's knee is going to come along. You hope. But then again, look what happened to David mm-hmm. Bakhtiari. So you have those two guys. You got Kenny Clark. That's a nice That's a nice three-headed monster up front. Yeah, Press. Jeez, oh, I forgot Preston Smith was even there. Yeah, they're in a really good spot if they can be healthy and and productive. And ideally, if Gary and Smith and are healthy, Justin then Holland. you can and Justin Hollins and you can rotate Van Ness in and kind of pick your spots and and develop right. him without needing too much from him right away. Yeah, he reminds me of of another Packer draft pick, probably before your time, Aaron Campman, or maybe mm-hmm. when you were a young kid, seventy four. Yeah, yeah. Northern, Northern Iowa. Yeah, that's a good so, one. God, he even looks next like a round big white. <laughs> No, he doesn't. These are some pretty boys we're drafting. I got to say, good-looking family. Right. Uh, I've got. I've got to say, I think that that Goonkus is going to go offensive line next round, and we're all going to be pissed off. But it's a position in need, even though we need a tight end. There are there. There would be worse things. I just think, man, the way they draft tackles and and guards in the third, fourth, fifth round. I, I just think you. I really think they just got to take two big bites. You take your favorite wide receiver and your favorite tight end when the picks come up, and you just you just inject a couple of bodies into that offense. Don't don't even think too hard. Like last year, I think they really focused. You know, we love Christian Watson. I don't even need you to love the guys you take tonight. I just need you to like them. Like who's your favorite out of Hyatt and Mingo and all that? Just take them. Just add a bunch of bodies into this room. You just need an injection of talent. Yeah, and and. They do need some offensive weapons. You and Rob Reichel discussed, you know, early on in Aaron's first contract and second contract, he had all those weapons. He signed that third deal, I think it was uh, 2011 maybe or so. Yeah. He didn't get all those guys drafted again. They got Devontae. They drafted Devontae. Mm-hmm. And they they did draft, you know, that one year where they got uh, MVS. They just swung and missed on, on two of those other picks. MVS I thought was a solid pick, but. You know, it, it's not because Goot actually isn't trying to draft wide receivers, Grant. I just don't know if he's any good at it. There is that. Like, the Vikings have shown they can find really good wide receivers, right? Like, K.J. Osborne's a really good third guy. They found Thielen and, and made it work with him and Justin Jefferson, obviously. And I think Jordan Addison will probably be pretty good. The, now, the Vikings seemingly can't really do O-line, and the Packers do O-line pretty well. The Packers are just so picky, they're so picky about the wide receivers they'll well, draft. Let, let's, let me discuss that before I leave. Yeah. Now, how much do you put on the floor? It's got to be a LaFleur guy, you know, an Alan Lazard type, big blocker. I wish we you know, cared less about guy. blocking. I, I do wish we cared a little bit less about that. I can deal with the wide receiver that can't block if they make plays and, and, and can catch and run the ball. 
Yeah, I don't remember Randy Moss throwing many blocks. Great, up. great point, Tony. Maybe the best point made on this show all week. Thank you. Randy Moss was not a good blocker. Yeah. Right. So I, I want you to catch and, and run and, and score touchdowns. Blocking is for the uh, the, the backup uh, tight end. You know, I, I don't care about that yeah. with my receiver. You know, it's nice to break an a 8-yard run into a 20-yard run, but I want my wide receivers to stretch the field. The LaFleur, we're going to see this year if LaFleur can run an offense with Jordan Love. I don't know. I'm on a fence with Jordan. I hope he does well, but they are putting him in a bad position with this offense they're going to throw out there. Unless they make some splash plays, which I don't think they will, it could be ugly this year. I don't know. We need some talent. I'm hoping for a tight end and a wide receiver today. Let's go. Let's get some bodies in that room. You got any? Uh... Hey, hey, Grant, last thing. Yeah, last go, go I got to throw a bucks thing at you. If, yeah. if they do fire Bud, who do you want? Not Nick Nurse. That's the start of my list. I'm working on, I'm working on who I want. Do anything for I love Kenny, Kenny Atkinson. Do I loved him when he was Me in too. Brooklyn. I was a big fan. I don't. Yeah, I think they need to do something. They got to do something. You cannot waste. Giannis's prime. I know you and I are going at it, going at it on Twitter. You know, Giannis is considered the best player in the league mm-hmm. for the last two, three years. So, I mean, come on, man, you got to be better than that. He played in two games; they lost both games. Grant, you got to be better uh, than that. Yeah, I've seen. Well, we can talk about this for one more minute. I've seen Ty Windish, who does the Eurostep, make the point that they need an offensive head coach. Get a guy in who's got an idea on how to build a Kenny system Atkinson. around Giannis. There you go. Because I think the defense takes care of itself when you have a player like Giannis. You know, like you, you're just going to be a certain level of good with a player who's that special and can cover that much ground. Bring a guy in who says, all right, Drew Giannis, here's what we're going to, because their offense has just got stuck in the mud the last couple of years in the playoffs. I don't want that. Yep. And I've been saying that all year. You got to be diverse on offense. Should be an interesting offseason for the Bucks. I wish they were still playing, but hell, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, Grant, talk to you soon, buddy. Have a great weekend, Tony. That's our friend Tony in Texas. Uh, Social Network is a great film. Got some tweets, some texts. We'll get to those in a couple of minutes. Going to take a three-minute break. Come back. We'll talk more about Lucas Van Ness. What comes next in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four. A lot of draft left. It's not over. It's just started. So let's not freak out that they're neglecting the offense. They still got a lot of picks. Three minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I really want the Packers to take Michael Mayer tonight because if you put Michael Mayer and stand him next to Lucas Van Ness, they will look like the football version of the Winklevoss twins. Blonde hair, blue eyes, nice smile. They look like they're from the suburbs, like they grew up in Brookfield, Lake Minnetonka. You know exactly what I'm saying. Don't say that this is offensive or don't say that I'm generalizing or judging a book by his cover because I'm painting an exact clear picture of what those guys look like and what we all think of when we see guys that look like that. So this is not stereotyping. This is I'm not being judgmental. 608-796-2558. Packers take Lucas Van Ness. Now we wait to see what they do in the second round. They got two picks. We're taking as many calls as possible today. Mike B in lacrosse. 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? 
Hey, indeed, it's your favorite Texan in lacrosse, Mike Byers, a.k.a. the Wiss Texan. Wiss you know, now you know where I'm at and where I'm from. Texan. <laughs> I love that. What's going on Wiss today? Texan. Where I'm at and where I'm from. Right now, I'm driving driving home from cash and where it's looking like I'm going to drive home in the rain. Uh, so, but, is it getting cloudy outside? Right. It was so beautiful when I walked to work today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our last little remnant of spring, winterish weather, but it's going to turn nice next week. Hey, Here's my question. Um, I understand your analogy about the coupon on the first round and all that, and that's because of the rookie contracts. That's the why. But but my question is the why. Is, is there something that uh, was negotiated between uh, uh, clubs and the players' unions that limits um, the rookie contracts, or why is that the case? And then my other question, and I'll take it offline, is which I'm sure you get into next anyway, is what are the pick numbers that – what are the pick numbers that the Packers have? Sorry, you cut out there for a sec. Did we lose Mike? Mike, oh, I, I, oh no. now you're back. You, you say, what are the pick numbers they have in the second round? Yeah, that was my second question real quick. Yeah. So they have, and I don't know it off the top of my head, it's, it's middle of the round, right? So it's the 11th and the 14th pick in the round, which amounts to picks 42 and 45. So those are the those are the oh, picks okay. that they have. Are you asking, by the way, are you asking why certain positions get paid more than others, or are you asking why rookie nope. contracts are so much cheaper? Rookie contracts. Okay, 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 okay. Well, we can. T- I'll totally talk about that, Mike. If that's all you need, I can let you go. You said you want to take your answer off the air. Have a kick-ass weekend. Yeah, I'll, hear from you. I'll listen in. Yeah, thanks, man. Good talking. Yeah, have a good one. That is our West Texan friend, Mike B. in Lacrosse. So I'm no lawyer. I'm no accountant. I'm an idiot is what I'm saying. I I can't speak to the exact percentages and the numbers and the way the pay scale breaks down, but that's all established in the CBA, which is voted on by the players union and the the representatives. There's player representatives of the players union who play football currently. And, And this is what I would guess. And I could be really wrong. And I'm totally admitting this and I'm, I'm going off the book. I don't, I don't know why rookies get, such a little amount of money compared to other positions, but this is my spitball. This is this is what I would guess. So the CBA is created and voted on by current players, and it's lobbied or led by player representatives that are often veterans, guys that have been in the league for a while, and we see this in the NBA too. Those older players, the players that are powerful within the union and among their peers, are looking out for themselves. Right, They want to make sure that the players that are a little bit older and that have earned it in the league make the most money. There's only so much money that can get paid out. right? There's only so much pie. So the rookie pie slices are a little bit smaller. And don't get me wrong. It's not like these rookies are making 20 bucks an hour and working eight-hour days. They're still making really good money. It's all relative. right? So if, if an incredible edge rusher is making $30 million a year, uh, a first-round edge rusher say, well, we can look it up. Let's look it up. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, uh, Spotrack. And if this isn't up, I'll just look at Rashawn Gary and we can look at his yearly cash. It's still a good amount of money for a player that's drafted in the first round. It's just so cheap compared to what a player like that would get on the open market. Does that make sense? So I'm going to look up Rashawn Gary Spotrack and we should be able to get a year by year breakdown of what he made in cash, base salary, and what his cap hit was. Year to year, because Rashawn Gary is basically Lucas Van Ness. They were picked in the same neighborhood. Maybe the the cost is slightly different based on pick uh, twelve. Uh, actually, twelve, and then Lucas Van Ness went thirteen. Right. 
So base salary for Sean Gary year to year was $1.2 million. He made $1.2 million in his second year, $1.9 million in his third year, two point six in his fourth year. And then in 2023, he's set to make $10.8 million. Again, still a lot of money. It's not like these guys are poor. They're not making minor league baseball salaries. And, and then they get a signing bonus, and then they get money in other ways too. But the money, say, let's look at Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a number one edge rusher for his team. Now, Miles Garrett is better than Rashawn Gary, but they both kind of play the same role. So while Rashawn Gary is making $2.5 million a year in his fourth year in the league, Miles Garrett's contract last year, and I can, I can line it up for you. Sorry, Google is slow. Waiting for this page to load. And Ed Madison, I see you on hold. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Miles Garrett, for example, made $17 million last year. He's going to make $20 million next year, right? So it, it's it's ridiculous money in both instances, but, but you got to look at it this way. The Packers have two choices. They need an edge rusher. They can go pay Miles Garrett at $17 million a year, or they can draft Rashawn Gary, who's going to cost them $1 to $2 million a year. That's what I mean when I say value with the first round pick the first round pick is a coupon to get a great player ideally on the cheap and you're going to save a lot more money with that coupon if you draft an edge rusher wide receiver quarterback because the price tag for those guys once they hit the open market is so much higher ed madison 608-796-2558 what's going on ed welcome hey hey how you doing i love the draft pick i do too i think um you're getting a very versatile player and I think um, one of the analogies that was thrown out there or comparison today was he is the potential, and it's always that, that key word, potential, of being a J.J. Watt. And I'm telling you, if he turns into be that beast master of a J.J. Watt, we're going to get someone really special. And uh, I love that he comes from the Big Ten. Yes. He, they, that's Smash Mouth football from Iowa. And who cares if he didn't start? And I really didn't buy into Mel Kuyper's head-scratcher um, thoughts. Um, I think you got to go for, um, work, what do you call it, value of work in progress. And I don't mean that like he's in progress. His workload, and, uh, from what I could see in watching him play against the Badgers, tough, tough, tough. Uh, Brandon Allen and him, they, they met head on a few times, and I'm telling you, he won a lot of those battles. So Braden Allen, I to say Braden Allen. So um, I'm really excited about this. I'm not excited about tonight's draft. When the Packers had a couple picks right off the bat, the beginning of the second round, it's been a long time. And I hope to God that Goodkins does not make any stupid picks. I want to see wide out, tight end tonight. I thought you said you said wide out tight end. I thought you said wide out tight end, as in Mike. Oh no, wide out. I want I want wide receiver tonight and a tight end. I they got to. I thought you said wide out. I was like, oh, so you want Michael Mayer <laughs> and not Darnell Washington? Okay, Ed, that's fine. Let's yeah. keep, keep that to ourselves. We all have preferences. Oh my god, I'm a little pumped and jacked up for tonight. I I haven't had any Mountain Dew yet, so um. Go home. Uh, I'm really excited. Get home from work. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, it's actually it's 5 o'clock here in Wisconsin. It's 5.30. Go crack a Mountain Dew and enjoy the draft tonight, Ed. It was nice to hear from you. I will, do. Take care. You as well. Ed and Madison, who, again, I'm going to clarify, wants a white out and a, a tight end. Wide out, not white out. 
uh, he's okay of a, with a tight end of any race, is what I gathered from that, from that conversation. Uh, Sam Laporta, I, I think it'd be kind of funny if they took an Iowa tight end. Let's go all in on Iowa. The Eagles are building Georgia no, North. Let's build Iowa East. Let's just get all the Iowa players. Work with Micah Hyde. Work with Mike Daniels. Um, I'm sure there's other examples. I just can't think of any. I'm sure now people will text in ideas uh, and suggestions of players they've had from Iowa. I can think of Micah Hyde, Brian Bulaga, of course. How did I miss that? Someone's, I guarantee the text is on the way. Mike Daniels, Micah Hyde. Is there a corner that I miss? Well, they tried Josh Jackson. I guess that was one of the misses. And, of course, the most notable one would be Brian Bulaga. Cone Roller, hopefully with a little better reception. I'm sorry I had to cut you off earlier, Cone, but we couldn't hear you at all. No, no problem. I was in the middle of the desert on the 10, um, but now I'm, I'm back closer to Phoenix, back closer to home. So You're just, on the 202? home from L.A. No, I'm actually on the 51. Ah, I gotcha. Does that run north-south or east-west? Yep, north-south. You always can tell because it's an odd number. It runs north-south, north, uh, even numbers. I see. Well, we got uh, Lucas Van Ness, a guy who you've talked about as red flags. Uh, but it seems to be the the type of player that the Packers could use up front, setting some of those red flags aside, don't you think? Yeah, I don't know what Goody, like what his philosophy is with the draft. It seems like he likes to take these guys that are a little more raw and take time to develop. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a bad move now with this team because this team is nowhere close to a win now kind of mindset. That was more like, which always confused me when you had Aaron Rodgers. Why not draft players that can, you know, make an impact now instead of going after Jordan Love, Josiah Deguara, Rashawn Gary. But, you know, Gary's turned out well. Deguara looks awful. He's not long for the league. But I, I like the pick. Um, I think I was probably one of the first to, to really bring up those red flags. And, you know, I'm surprised he actually didn't go to Alabama. I'm surprised he was in Iowa. Um. And it's funny because, like, you, you've you sent me DMs about this, and I've seen other people. I think LaCroix Butler was the other one who was on this. Like, some of the pictures of the Van Ness family, just a little odd. It looks like uh, Lucas Van Ness is very close with his sister, some of the poses and, and some of the things. And then last night in the green, like, it was like the prophecy came true. It's like nobody could figure out who his girlfriend was, who his sister was. Why are there so many women? And then why is Lucas Van Ness's dad tapping one of the women on the butt on national TV? What is going on? It, it really was like, you're right. It, the, the balance of the force was it was happening last night. It was like Darth Vader throwing down Palpatine. You know, everything kind of came full circle. And we got Mr. Van Ness giving a little love tap to his son's girlfriend. I mean, like, if you're Luke Van Ness, do you have a conversation with your dad this morning? Like, hey, dad, what are, what are you doing? Why were you I, I don't, like, I don't know. It was, first of all, I've looked at, I watched this video four or five times. I, I think it was, it was meant as a harmless slap. I, I don't know. I, I can't justify it. He tapped her on the butt twice. It was it was a stiff-handed slap. There was no cupping. There was it was just so weird. Like, why did he do that? And his son's going to see that now. It's going to be all over Twitter. I just don't know where do you go with your dad after that happens. I don't. How do you how do you have a conversation about it? What comes next? This is all so bizarre. Yeah, it's kind of you know also fulfilling the prophecy. It's like 
you know, the dads are usually the ones that sit down their sons, you know, have the, the birds and the bees talk. And mm-hmm. now Luke is going to have to have a, a similar style conversation with his own dad. I guess maybe that's the way the world works. You know, your parents raise you in diapers and then one day you take care of your parents when they're in diapers. Maybe it's it's similar in, in terms of sexual conversations. Like folks get to an age where, you know, the, the way we deal with sexuality in our society, it's changed over the years. Is that it? Is that something about life I don't know? Am I going to have to talk to my parents about sex again one day? I really hope not. Well, Boathouse Tom is listening. Just uh, get ready for it. Oh, my God. I do like the player, though, all of the weird family green room stuff aside. Do we think we're getting our tight end tonight? God, I hope so. Yeah, I I think so. Um, You know, I'm never one to really speculate on on who we're drafting because, you know, who the heck knows? These draft grades that are coming out are dumb. Mock drafts are the even dumber. So, you know, let's see what happens. I got I got some faith in Gudikens until the third round. God, the third round pick is gonna be terrible this year though. You just know. Yeah, somebody's probably gonna gonna suck. Unless it's Keanu Benton. If the Packers draft Keanu Benton in the third round, then I'll be all the way back in on their ability to draft third round picks. Yeah, you know, we, we got a lot of tape on him, which is great. Um, but, you know, I, I called in earlier, and uh, I was wondering, is, is Fins Up Friday dead? No, it's not dead. We're going to listen to some Jimmy Buffett a little bit. What are you talking about? They, well, I probably haven't obnoxiously been talking about it. Maybe I should mention it. Yeah, I was going to say, usually you're, you're oh, we're going to, we got a loaded show. We're going to talk to <laughs> Rob, whatever his name is. We're going to stop. You don't get to play downplay Rob Reichel like that. Rob Reichel does radio hits in this state all over and has for years. I, I will not let you minimize no, Rob no, Reichel. I, I have the most respect for Rob Reichel. I think, you know, he tells it like it is. He is the definition of a real one. Yeah. Uh, his last name was just a uh, blank in my mind for a sec. Oh, I got you. I got you. No, we'll listen to but some Buffett I, coming I up. And I, I got to tweet out a song, too. I've been lacking on that. I'll get on that. All right. Well, Grant, you got a big weekend plans? Uh, yeah, actually, I have a yeah, an obnoxiously large weekend. We're playing a show tonight in downtown La Crosse, Popcorn Tavern, 10 to bar close. So stop on out, anyone who's listening on WKTY. And tomorrow, uh, I'm going up to the Twin Cities. I'm downtown Minneapolis. I have a wedding. And then on Sunday, my sister is running a marathon uh, back over by my folks' hometown. So I'm going to go watch her finish that race and be a, a supportive sibling. But but with boundaries, boundaries that the Van Ness family and siblings don't seem to have. I was just going to say, too close. Yeah, I know what you mean. Cone, you're cutting out again. Brutal. If you can hear me, though, Cone, have a great weekend. I'm going to let you go and drive safe on the 51. Uh, I know those highways out there are terrifying. Yeah, my family has good boundaries, unlike the Van Nesses, who I think they just pig pile and sleep in a... A double king bed. They're probably one of the families with a with a family bed. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just I, this Van Ness family is very transparent. This was easy to see coming. Let's take a five minute break. We'll come back, continue to talk about the pick, and maybe look forward a little bit to the second round and some of the prospects that we like and that we want the Packers to take. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco 
Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. Fins up, fins up, fins up, because it is Friday. We'll listen to some Buffett a little bit. And speaking of fins, I know this guy's fins are putting straight up in the air. This is Big Ron in Jersey, a.k.a. Drunk Matt Arnold, if you spend time on Twitter. Big Ron, what's going on today? Fins up, my friend. Happy Friday. Happy Fins up Friday. Let's effing go, man. Let's Thanks go. for my thoughts. Thanks for plugging my Twitter account. It's The address is at Drunk D. Stearns, if anyone wants to give me a follow. Do you miss the David Stearns picture? Matt Arnold is, is definitely a different look, but now it's it's starting to make sense in my mind. I no longer think of you as Drunk David Stearns. When I close my eyes, I, I see Matt Arnold. It just took a little while. Yeah, I had to rebrand, you know. Um, <laughs> I, no, I definitely miss uh, David Stearns because, you know, he, like a wonder kid there and yeah you know until that hater trade just about everything he did turned to gold you know i mean he made a lot of really good moves you know in his first several years you know i guess one of the last best moves he made um in most recent memory was bringing adamas over um but you know so we'll see you know uh, matt arnold is kind of pretty much you know the jury's still out on him he's a little unproven so well, um, I think you had drunk David Stearns, and now you have drunk Matt Arnold. Maybe I uh, I should create a burner Twitter account called Bombed Brian Gudekinst, uh, and I can tweet about tonight's draft picks. I can tweet about Lucas Van Ness from last night, too. Do you like that pick? Um, Yeah, I mean, I was like everyone else. I want him to draft uh, Nijigbu or whatever his name is, yeah. um, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or maybe a tight end, but I don't know. I, I mean, this guy does look versatile. You know, I like his highlights. He can play inside kind of, you know, like by Kenny Clark and then he can play on the edge and, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's got a little TJ Watt in him. I guess that's the hope. Versatile you move around big physical guy and hopefully help against the run. Cause they still can't stop the run. It's been over a decade since they've been able to stop the run now, maybe tight ends, wide receivers tonight. That's, that's my hope. I don't know. If they don't get any weapons tonight, then we, we're not going to panic because this is not panic warranting. But if they don't take any weapons tonight, I'm going to be bummed. Yeah, so look, not only do we have good similar taste in music, but um, we got similar taste in movies, too. I love the uh, Winkle Brothers uh, drop, man. The Social Network, that's oh, a great movie. It's such a good you movie. Know, and, one of the best films. Maybe one of my favorite. It might be on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, it's based on a true story. I mean, it's biased. It's based on one guy's account. But, you know, the basically point of the movie is that, you know, Zuckerberg is kind of a big douche and screwed a lot of people over. Well, that's that's how you make um, billions, Big Ron. I, that's how you become a millionaire, billionaire. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe that's why I can't do it is I'm, I'm just too stinking nice. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be you got to be kind of ruthless. And, you know, I love you. I love all your um, bumper music. You introduced me to, you know, Walking Sally Through the Alley. Oh, and great the latest song, song that I, um, the latest song that I uh, uh, Shazam from your bumper music is uh, The Less I Know, The Better. Oh. By, who is it? Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Or, that, well, that, yeah. I, I stole that from uh, another one of our radio friends, Bart Winkler, who always used to use that. Uh, use that. And I never knew what song that was until... I don't know, a year or two ago, and I'm like, I'm going to steal that. I'm using that now. So a little bit, a little tribute to our, our friend Winks things. What what genre of music would you say that is? That, that's kind of an unusual That's a song, great question, Big Ron. You know what? I'm going to Google it. Tame Impala. There you go. 
Tame Impala. There His name go. is uh, Kevin. Let's see here. So, is the psychedelic music project psychedelic? A genre is indie rock, psychedelic rock, alternative rock, and more. I wonder what more. Oh, they mean more other genres. I, I more is probably not a genre. He's from Australia. Well, psychedelic. That's interesting. Interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. send you some other Tame Impala songs. There's a lot of good ones. I, I might send you another one or two. No. Yeah. I I try. He's got a new one out that's trending on on my streaming Look service. So he did um, just put a new song out. Yeah, he did. So, um, so you think the Brewers are going to win tonight? I say this with all love to the Milwaukee Brewers. I love this team so much. You know this about me, Big Ron. I just, between what happened yeah. with the Bucks this week and what's going on with the draft, I just haven't had the, what's the term, mental bandwidth to pay attention. I feel like they were down bad a couple games against the Tigers, and I feel like they're a team that's better than they showed against the Tigers. And the Angels are winning. So, yeah, I think they are. Are you a betting man? Do you have any specific bets on this game tonight? Well, yeah, I'm definitely a betting man. I'm going to take the Brewers on the money line. Um, Wade Miley is pitching. He's had a superb season a to date. And he, and um, he's, he's the best fifth starter in, in, in all of MLB for sure. And, um, you know, the, the Angels, even though, you know, their record is, you know, just hovering around 500, you know, they have kind of star power on that team. And I, I, I feel that there's a certain cachet between Shoei Antani and Mike Trout. And I feel like the Brewers rise to the occasion when, um, you know, when they're playing teams with a little cachet. So that's, I, that's I a think, good point. They've always done that under council, I feel. Like, when they get matched up against yeah. the Dodgers or the Padres, they always seem to play, for the most part, obviously there's exceptions. They play 162 games a year, but I feel like the Brewers typically play up to the level of competition, and then when they go to Pittsburgh, they play down to the level of competition. Yeah, and that's the way it's been so far year to date. I mean, the Red Sox came in with a, a below 500 or 500 record, and they lost a series to the Red Sox. Detroit isn't any good. They lost a series to the Detroit. Yet, you know, against these perennial playoff teams, they, they swept the Mets. They beat the Cardinals. They beat the Padres. Um, you know, they've, they've definitely stepped up to the competition and then played down to the competition. And you're right. That has been a trend over Council's career. I like that they play up to the other good teams. It makes those series feel like they mean just a little bit more. I got to take one final break. I am uh, woefully late for a break, Big Ron. Uh, but I'm going to have to play some Buffett when I come back. Uh, fins up. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you for the call. Play some wino and I know. Oh, the wino that I, that's a deep cut. It's an old cut. Thank you, Big Ron. I do actually have to take a break uh, right now. We'll come back, kick around some names for the Packers second round and the two picks they have in the middle of tonight's second round. I think they have, I'd pull up the draft order or did I, did I use that tab to look up Tame Impala? Oh, no, here it is. 42 and 45. Picks 42 and 45. We'll talk about those picks next. Listen to some Buffett. Wrap up the week on the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. And fins up, you sons of guns. Weather's going to blow this weekend, which is too bad. Because today, at least for a couple of hours, it was 
prime time sitting outside, drinking beer, listening to Jimmy Buffett weather. And it looks crummy tomorrow and Sunday. Terrible. A couple of texts. I've been behind on the texts because we've taken so many calls. Mike in Colorado says, Grant, can you please do a favor for me? Well, I'm going to do this on air. That's okay with you. Says, can you pass on my compliments to Ben Kenny? Tell him I thought he did a fantastic job replacing Bill Michaels on the show today. He was excellent, well-prepared, and positioned to discuss the Packers' post-round one pick of Lucas Van Ness. Ben was so much better than what I was expecting to hear today. Um, uh, And he handled each call professionally and appropriately. It was a pleasure to hear him all morning. I will pass that along, Mike. There was no better person in media anywhere today to talk about Lucas Van Ness than Ben Kenny. Ben is... Um, the line from National Treasure is what's one step short of obsessed, passionate. I would say Ben is one step short of obsessed with Iowa football. I'd say he's passionate, maybe borderline obsessed, but that's fine. Uh, he loves Iowa football. He loves talking about them, following them. And he's loved Lucas Van Ness for a couple weeks, hyping him up, talking about why he'd be a good fit for the Packers. Um, so there was no better person in Wisconsin sports radio today on any station. Uh, not even the Packers flagship. I don't know what the the guys on the Packers flagship today were talking about. It wasn't as good as Ben Kenny. Can guarantee that. I will pass along the same thoughts to Ben, Mike, because I listened to the show as well. He was tremendous. You are correct. Uh, Robin Stoddard says, Lucas Van Ness's dad seems to have gotten that tight end. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Packers tonight. Sam Laporta. Maybe Darnell Washington, maybe Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer could be available. I want them to draft Michael Mayer because he looks a lot like Lucas Van Ness, and the two of them collectively look like a knockoff version of the Winkleboss twins. And I just think that would be funny. Do a press conference of them together, put them in Harvard suits. This is why I don't work in sports marketing for a team, is because that is a horrendous idea. I just think it would be funny. Thanks to Rob Reichel, who joined the show earlier. I have Rob Reichel's targets for tonight's draft would you like to hear wide receiver uh i believe is it christian mingo mingo wide receiver because i think christian ringo was the defensive tackle for the packers yeah it's jonathan mingo excuse me old miss jonathan mingo jalen hyatt from tennessee we could talk about michael mayer luke musgrave sam laporta from notre dame oregon state and iowa respectively brian branch is still available I'm so glad they didn't take him last night. I thought maybe they were going to. I would have been sad if they would have taken a safety at 13 overall. 13th overall pick. They take a safety. I would have not been happy. But they got a premium position. They got their edge rusher who you can play with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. You can move Lucas Van Ness around. You can move Gary around. And then, of course, you have Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. Okay. That's, that's a group. We can deal. We can deal. Kendall Roy says we can deal. This is also the time of year where we start listing off all of the guys at a given position group and talking ourselves into how good of a group that is. Like, oh, yeah, Devontae Wyatt didn't do much of anything last year, but a year has passed, so maybe he got way better. That's that's basically the selling point for Devontae Wyatt. He also didn't get thrown out of two games last year, so he has that going for him. Although Quay Walker hopefully matured just a little bit. Could be a half-decent group. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary... Lucas Van Ness. We can deal with that. Rotate somebody around on the interior alongside Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt. Okay. That's not so bad. We can can deal with that. I like that a lot. 
On Monday of next week, when I am back, of course, at 4 p.m., we'll talk about the Packers draft, who they ended up taking. I'm hoping at least one tight end and one wide receiver, ideally more, because they need an injection of bodies. Weapon, whether that be tight end or, or wide receiver, just pass catchers. As Craig Council says, outgetters, we need pass catchers. So enjoy the draft. Enjoy the Brewers this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Can't wait to talk about it. Have a great weekend. Listen to some what can we say? Thank you all very much. You sure make a, a bar from Mississippi feel right at home in Wisconsin.